0: On this week's show, he's signed on for another season. We hear from Margate winger Ben Greenhalgh about how he's enjoying life at Hartstown Park.
1: Jay's yeah, definitely built something, and I think you can see from the fans at the moment, that it feels like they're back.
0: Four points from his first two games, it's been a good start for Harry Hudson. He tells us about the challenges that he's been facing so far in his time at Sevenoaks.
2: That first week, I think if I had timesheet, I'd have been doing excessive amounts of overtime trying to get players through the
0: door and more disappointment from Dover a dejected Jake Goodman reflects on their hammering at Barnett
3: normally we can hold our heads up high but today we couldn't obviously that includes myself probably I'll look at myself more than more than many
0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Ken Only Podcast, sponsored by Nick Cunningham Plumbing and Heating. We're recording a bit early this week, but we still managed to beat our self-imposed transfer deadline to bring you three interviews, which we like, so hopefully you will too. Uh, I'm John Phillips. I'm enjoying four days off from the main day job this week. And on the line now is a man who saw his beloved Dover lose by a record-equalling score at the weekend. It is, of course, Matt Gerrard. How are you, mate? Yeah, not bad yet. I've got over the excitement of the weekend. A um, bit cold,
4: I have to say. The last few days have been the coldest of the uh winter when i compare it we're taking the dog out monday morning we took the dog out at half six it was so so cold so i don't know if we juice somebody said we might get some snow but it was absolutely all the bad day or days of december and january the sixth of march or the sixth of march whatever it was it was absolutely freezing and to be fair it was absolutely freezing at barnet on saturday as well so i'm hoping we might get some um, good weather because i'm not and again being so tight, I'm not putting the heater on because I'm concerned I won't be able to afford the bill
0: it's been cold down here we went to brighton yesterday as well and it's it's just the wind it's the wind chill factor down here it's off you know it was the uh it was Eastman half marathon on sunday and the wind was actually going the other way to when i did it three years ago and it was just so cold the wind you're like you there's the last thing you would have wanted They'd have had the people that run it would have had five miles of just running solidly into this freezing cold headwind so everyone who did it i, I definitely take my hat off to you What was brighton um looking like these days do you go on the seafront and things like that did
4: you
0: yeah we had a, a couple of things on so we actually walked all the way from the pier down to the marina which takes about 40 minutes something like that i suppose um so we had we went down we had an afternoon tea down there that someone had bought for my birthday last year so um we how just how far have a strong... is to brighton uh on the train takes about 40 minutes so it wasn't right. too bad so we caught the train over and then we um walked along to, to, back to the marina then we had our afternoon tea which was very nice uh, then we got the bus back into town. Uh, then we had a couple of drinks, and then we went to see a show. So we had a nice, uh, we had a nice what day. See? We went to see James Martin, you know, off the telly, the, the cook. My wife loves him. Yeah, well, he's doing a, he was doing a stage show.
4: Um,
0: cooking as well. Yeah, part cooking, part sort of trying to be funny, and and it was it was good fun. Um, he cooked like a a big sandwich and everything. We got all the recipes; they're all in the in the program for the thing. He cooked a sandwich. He cooked. Um, what else did he cook? He cooked something else that was quite nice, uh, pork chops with these with with uh, uh, like caramelised onions and stuff like that. He wasn't sharing it round. Uh, he was just uh, he was just doing it. And then he made um, fish finger sandwiches. Uh, after the break he made meringues and all sorts it was it was interesting but it wasn't really like this is how you do the cooking it was just like I'm doing the cooking while I'm talking to you and he was just sort of just telling a few gags as he went along the way about his life and but like it, it was very interesting it's his third tour apparently and um and and yeah it was good I enjoyed it you really, uh, what was the uh demographic the audience a lot of women a lot of men oh. a lot of lot of women and it was, it was either women or couples, you know, there was no, uh, it, there was no, like, Kent only podcast hosts, us two, like, hanging out. Oh, right, yeah, um, yeah. But also, I would like say it, that it, Martin, yeah. we, we brought the average age demographic down, I would say, uh, myself and Hayley. Uh, there wasn't a lot of younger people knocking about. It, was, it tended to be, and I don't mean this, on, on International Women's Day, I do not mean this in any way, but there are a lot of ladies of a certain age in the oh. audience, shall we say.
4: Uh, where was this being held?
0: It was at the Brighton Centre, so the the arena on the seafront. Oh right, so we've got quite a few people there then. Yeah, it was, and, and there wasn't many seats to be had, so yeah, it was it was it was good. It was it was good fun. I enjoyed it. I did enjoy it.
4: Oh god, that's, well, I know you're a bit of a, a chef yourself, so. Uh,
0: well, yeah, sometimes. Well that's, well, that's something different, anyway, isn't it? Rather than the norm. So. But well, the thing I'm was, sure. people bought me some vouchers uh, for, for, for my birthday last year. Uh, someone bought me some vouchers for um, f- to go to the Brighton Centre, and I thought, well, we might as well use it on something I wouldn't normally go to. So that's what I bought, and uh, we had a yeah, we had a nice time. They have pop concerts there, don't they? And all sorts. Pop concerts, yes they do, Granddad. Yes, they get they get they get the the pop musicians come in and play their songs. Yeah. They're not called they're called gigs now. I say, get yeah, not pop concerts. Well, although saying that, Haley went Haley went to see a concert there last year. Uh, do you want to try and guess who she went to see? Rick Astley. Uh, no, you've, do you know what? Far too old. Uh, Rick Astley, far too young. Uh, because Haley went to see, with my mother, I hasten to add, yeah. they went to see Michael Bolton. Oh, my! Yeah.
4: How well? No, he, was, he was just waiting for his one song. Yeah. Oh, I'm impressed that he guys still goes. Does he, he doesn't have a mullet anymore, though, don't I don't think,
0: does he? I don't think so, no. But apparently he's not uh, the most mobile of characters, shall we say. Um, but
4: of this big song? What can I
0: play without? Yeah, that's yeah. I think yeah. Uh, uh, but apparently he filled a whole show with other songs. But to uh, me, that is probably you know I uh, I go to a lot of gigs with Haley, but I think that was where the line had to be drawn.
4: Yeah, yeah Michael Bolton. That's the 80s 80s rock. God, rock. More not power like ballads, it's... isn't it? Well, uh, there's, uh, soft rock maybe.
0: Yeah, yes, yes. Well, well, he's done well to fill up the same venue. He's done well to sell that out. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, that's our 206 episode this week. And I'm not talking about Ruddy Peugeot again, but 206 is the lowest number that when written out in English uses every vowel, but it only uses them all once. There are only 10 other numbers. Uh, that can do that which i think is pretty impressive Uh, there's also 206 bones in the human body which leads to the question matt what bones have you broken in your illustrious life Uh, ankle leg
4: finger and toe Uh,
0: any funny stories in there
4: yeah but not that i want to put on this podcast
0: right okay tell me off the record
4: yeah yeah yeah, so from that well i i broke my finger Playing cricket just before I started going out. So, so that's all Sarah. So I was out for a long time. Then I played five a side. And after about two minutes, I ran in somebody and broke it again. Brilliant. So, yeah. So, so my finger, if you ever next time you see me, my small finger, is it your pinky on my right hand, isn't straight because it's been broken twice.
0: Wow. I've broken my collarbone and my Ooh. arm and a toe. That's, uh, that's my. Uh, that's my... How, how, how'd you break your collarbone? I was at school, uh, primary school. I was only about six or seven. And um, I was running with we, we those mobile classrooms. You, you remember them? That the, 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 yeah, There's yeah, temporary yeah. classrooms that were there the whole time I was at school. And uh, I was I, I ra- ran out of one to go to the toilets, which were in another one. And I literally just tripped up the step and I hit my collarbone, my left collarbone, on the wooden step on the way up to the toilets. That must have felt. I do you know what I I don't remember the pain too much. I remember more of all the to do around it because my teacher was an expert in broken bones, and she said, "No, that's definitely not broken," and it was. It was very much broken. Uh, you
4: know, no, there's no side effects from having that.
0: No, not that I'm aware of. Um, hmm. I no, I mean I was I was only as i say I was only six or seven, so uh, I was I was quite young. Uh, and how did you break your arm? Uh, doing the high jump at, at primary school as well. All right, you,
4: you were one of those kids who was uh, Accident prone
0: well, Seemingly so uh, But I wasn't that bad I mean, just slipped over When I was doing that um, By and large You know Three broken bones Ain't too bad For a, a, no, a, no, a Life Well lived So you know But yeah I just Had a couple of incidents. One, Literally one was Right at the start When I was 6, 7 The other one was In my last Six weeks at school um, My last six weeks At secondary school I broke my arm So uh, The summer of 93 I spent a lot of time With my arm in a cast So so yeah, that's, uh, yeah, there you go. Uh, mm-hmm. Right then, on with the show, and let's start this week in the Eastman League, where we've got one interview from the Premier Division and one from the South. Let's start with the Premier Division, and a man who is the first ever to have been on the books of Inter Milan and featured on this podcast. Uh, Margot's Ben Greenhouse, had a good season individually, and last week he signed up for another campaign at Hearts Down Park, and with his side on a good run of form, it seemed like a great time to catch up with him, which is exactly what Matt did on Tuesday morning.
1: Yeah, definitely, I mean, I, I noticed that when Jay went in two and a half seasons ago, the um, and obviously I don't think uh, he's he managed to attract the, the same sort of players that he had wanted to, uh, probably because the club started running things properly um, and then they, they were working on a budget so it was difficult for Jay to bring in the players that he wanted but I think now after them two COVID seasons and two broken seasons um, he's managed to get in the players in, in, a, in a full season and, and set a target and have an ambition and it's, and it's definitely uh, working really well and um, and I think it's, it's been good to be a part of. Uh, we've definitely got a really good squad. Um, Jay's definitely built something, and I, and I think you can see from the fans at the moment that it feels like their clubs back. Because obviously, from what I remember of Margate, they were, they were challenging for Conference South football about
4: six or seven years ago, um, mm. and then sort of they just dropped off. Um, and it looks like Jay's building that back up again. Yeah, nine games unbeaten. You know. You're still you know, a few points off the playoffs, I think seven points off the playoffs, but you've got a couple of the sides to play around you, and I think the next four out of the next five games after tonight's Cup tie are away from home, so um, there's some big games going up, but confidence must be high.
1: Yeah, confidence is definitely high. Um, and, I, and I think, again, that just reads into the storyline of the fact that we are a brand-new team. Um, it, it's not going to happen in August, September, October, we we showed really good signs. We had some really good results in that spell, but at the same time, there were some really strange results. And, and I'm sure all the fans remember we had about four or five games in a row where we let in a goal in the 90th minute. Um, so we lacked consistency, whereas we've been together now six, seven months, a good core of us. And uh, you can see the consistency is growing um, and it's definitely impacting in our results.
4: For you personally as well, I, th- I think 17 goals in all competitions, 14 in the league. Um you, I don't mean to say it but you get your 30 I think in April so yeah, uh, sort of a father figure in the team how do you think the season's gone for you personally?
1: Yeah I mean it's, it's, it's gone well definitely uh, obviously that sort of target is something I'll be looking for um, obviously it's the first time in five or six years that I've played in this division um, but I think my biggest target was for us to get promoted um, I think that might have been slightly unrealistic with a brand new team together um, and obviously you're going to be slightly inexperienced with each other but at the same time, it's a goal, it's an ambition, um, and that that was the initial one. And obviously, second one is to try and get as good stats uh, for myself, which has happened
4: so far. Yeah. You mentioned you haven't played in this division before. What what do you think the standards like? You know, we've seen from the uh, football league going into the national league, is the, is the quality of the players sort of going down the levels as uh, you know as money goes into the top levels? Uh, to be honest, one,
1: one thing I've noticed is it's a bit more of a divide. Uh, I feel like in the Conference South most years anything could beat anyone, um, whereas I feel like this year there is a bit more of a divide between top half and bottom half, and you feel like you've come against a team and you should win, um, and then there's games when you know you're going to have a bit more of a battle, um, but regarding yeah, the top half, there's, there's a lot of very good teams, there's a lot of teams spending quite a lot of money, probably more money than the league above, so in terms of that, it's not too much of a drop of standard, but there are definitely... I think for us for,
4: for where we're at There's games that you need to win And there's games that are going to be A little bit more challenging yeah, Challenging on Saturday You've got to go to Worthing People are saying That they've really won the league It's going to be a tough game But you, so I so say you go there and Nothing to fear No definitely nothing to fear I mean One thing you've got to say About Worthing Over the last two seasons I think they've been top of the
1: league Throughout the The Covid outbreak So They're definitely a team That deserves to get promoted And deserves to win the league Um but at the same time, they came to our place, and I think we did a really good job on them, um, and we won four two. I think we were very comfortable throughout the game. Um, so, so they're going to do their homework on us. They're going to try and play a different format, I imagine, to try and counteract us. But at the same time, if, if we can go with that same mentality and, and the performances that we have done lately, then it, it should be up for a
4: really good game. Yeah, I know before you know, we're recording this tonight before the pod comes out. You've got the uh, Velocity Trophy. I presume, hopefully, this is what I'm going to say here. Yeah, that's a competition that you want to go far in as well.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's one of them competitions. It's the same as when you're in the Premier League, the Carabao Cup and things. When when you're in the first couple of rounds, you're not too focused on it because you've got the league or you've got other football going on. But when you get to these stages, uh, it's definitely something you're you're focusing on and it's an opportunity to win a trophy. It's, it's something that um, I know Lloyd Blackburn said it in his team talk last week at the same time I'll agree with him I mean I've I've now played senior football for 13 years and you don't get too many opportunities to win trophies uh, it's something when you're kids when you're young you get so many chances to win a certain amount of trophies but as a as a senior footballer there's not too many opportunities every season um, and I think for me for the last I think three or four seasons I haven't won a trophy so this is something that obviously tries to,
4: to again you looking at the statistics but it's, uh, it's an opportunity to try and win something yeah. also in your day job um, you're still um, coaching at Dartford Academy what's the quality of the um, youngsters coming through like yeah no to be
1: honest we're at we're the strongest I think we've been for the last few years um, it's something we've, we've focused a little bit more over the last few years of being a bit more professional with it all and making sure we've got the correct amount of numbers and the correct quality and um, and I think the, the actual players themselves have really bought into everything that we've tried to lay out towards them. And, and this is definitely the strongest we've been. We've, we've actually got eight players on loan in the Istrian South or the Istrian Prem, um, which is obviously a very good standard first team football for them to be playing. Um, it's just now a case of it's always going to be difficult for them to break into the Dartford first team uh, because Dartford first team are in a position where they want to win every single game. Um, and it's going to be hard for them to get that chance but at the same time it's, it's worked brilliantly well for, for Martial who's come on loan from Dartford um, to Margate and obviously he's someone that I've coached over the last three seasons in the academy and he's just absolutely set alight and he's, he's now in a position where like he's going to be signing, signing a pro contract for
4: a future Premier League club oh, Fantastic good work for you <laughs> for you personally i say you're coming up to 30 Um you know you're playing football do you feel you're settled at Margate now you know you've had some clubs over the years but with Jay Saunders it's sort of it's a good mix between you and him
1: yeah definitely I mean there's one thing that I'll always say in terms of when I've moved about clubs and things it's it's generally due to managers Um, going with a manager or leaving a manager that maybe doesn't have that trust in you so uh, I think with with this one uh, especially obviously I've played under Jay I knew what was going to happen under Jay I knew knew how he worked Um, I could trust him so it, it was a given for that for that to happen, and then obviously I've done similar things in the past with sort of Adam Flanagan, and, and even in the same way that obviously Jamie Coyle was was part of Margate when I initially joined, and I I played under Coyley, played with Coyley at and under Coyle at Dartford. So a lot of the times that sort I've of moved about, it is due to sort of wanting to play with those managers again because you know that they know how to get the most out of you, um, and that's that's definitely a case with with Margate and Jay at the moment. And I think also that, like we said earlier, obviously I'm, I'm hitting 30 this April. I still feel like I've got probably 10 more years left playing in me. Um, but at the same time, it's something where obviously I'm a bit more experienced now, and, and I know where I want to be. I'm not I'm not that player sort of chasing higher levels and chasing certain things like this. I'm, I'm chasing something that's going to be successful for myself uh, and, and also realistic at the same time. So that, that's why I think it's been a really good sort of fit for Margot Football Club.
0: That was a good chat, Matt. And what I really liked about it, actually, was even when you asked him about his own form, he managed to turn it back around to talking about the team as a whole. That's the kind of man you definitely would want in your squad, isn't it?
4: Yeah, I've seen him play, you know, when I looked, we do do a little bit of homework on this show, and I looked at his career on Wikipedia, how much truth in it, but he has played for a lot of clubs and not really settled there. I don't think many of them, he hasn't played more than 40-odd games per club. So, and I think, Listening to him from that, I think when he's happy and settled, which clearly is at Margate, the main man, 17 goals, you never thought you ta- you count him as a sort of a attacking midfielder rather than an out-and-out striker. It can improve his game. And I, and I think he's probably found somewhere, and a manager in Jay Saunders. And I was, just, I was thinking, John, uh, does anybody have a bad word to say about Jay Saunders, by the way, when we've spoken to him, what a manager, what he can do to them? I think um, he's clearly happy that he's probably given a role there to do a
0: job and bring on the young players, it's perfect for him. I think it's interesting what he said there about being loyal to to, to managers rather than clubs. And I think and non-league football, that's something which, which we do see, I suppose. We do see that people do that. But it's definitely the case, isn't it? Because he said, you know, oh, well, Jamie Coyle was here and Jay and everything like that. You know, I think, and I think Jason was one of those managers that wherever he turned up, several of his former players would turn up and play for him. Yeah, I think, and, and clearly
4: if he can do that, he's probably doing what he was doing at Mar- at Maidstone here. He's slowly getting the team together. Players like Brienhouse, like Sam, Sam Blackman, was it Blackman, um, signed a contract as well that clearly Ben Greenow thinks he can, get, can go for 10 days, uh, ten year, another 10 years, that he could be um, there before. So I think, yeah, I think it's a, a good club for them to be at. And clearly Margate, as he said, is he, with the fans pulling in the right direction, that um, Margate may be on a club on the way up a little bit from the fans. They've got that a little bit of growth from it
0: yeah and it was interesting when he said you know at the start of the season you know we were starting from scratch again so that although we wanted to get promotion there was no sort of expectation on us and now we're kind of seeing the benefits of it and we've talked so many times about Margate on this program and and, and where it's all gone wrong for them. but I think finally they seem to be building in the right way and you know by already getting their business done and getting Ben signed up for next mm-hmm. season that will make other people want to sign up for next season as well so I think by doing it that way, I, I think that they are building. And, you know, next season, I, I don't see any reason why Margate won't be there or thereabouts if they don't manage to gate-crash the playoffs this season.
4: Yeah, I, I think if you give Jay Saunders time, he can build a squad. Clearly, he's got players who will work for him. Being Green out only 30, but on his day, at that level, um, he can be a very, very good player. Seven points, I think they're off the playoffs. They've got a lot of sides to play them you really think they've probably got to go to Worthing and win on Sassley to keep their chances going. But I think from a from a Margate Paulist point of view, there is a little bit of hope there. And as he said at the beginning of the interview, there's been numerous times over the years where they really weren't and the problems they've had. So, um, yeah, it's been a good time. And, and again, interesting again what he said. At the start of the season, they had the bad results because they were a young team working together. The extra management, the extra quality they've got they're seeing their results come to fruition. So I'm really pleased for Margate because they've had, you know, some some torrid times over the last few years. Um, and hopefully they're going out the right side of it. And I think under Jay Saunders, he's the man to turn it around.
0: Interesting you say there about about Ben Green, I, I reckon he could do a, a job at the level above still. And I think, but I, I get the feeling that for him, and, and, and with everything that that he's been through in his career, I think enjoying his football is probably his number one and from the sounds of that conversation at margate under jay saunders in front of those supporters he's absolutely enjoying his football at the moment
4: yeah i think he's probably you know we, we didn't really talk about his we didn't talk about his uh, inter milan you know when he won that competition and being part of uh, their squad not playing too many games or playing any games but being around it maybe he's thinking now I want to enjoy my football but 10 years to go I can be somewhere where I can influence people influence the team influence a club and only benefit as well. And being an academy coach, that experience he's learning there, he can pass on to other players is absolutely crucial. So yeah, I think um, I think half the enjoyment is if you're a footballer, you're enjoying your football, and clearly he's trusted by Jay Saunders as well, which is and probably given given a bit of a free role to do what you can want to do.
0: I was also interested as well. He was saying about the the job that he does at Dartford as well, and and you could kind of sense that from a. A youth team coach at Dartford. There's a little bit of frustration that the the youth team players aren't necessarily getting getting those chances because of the way they're going. And you know, I've just been looking this evening. They've signed another striker. Uh, Dartford. He's already scored against Dover. But let's not worry about that for now. But you can see that you know Dartford are obviously in a, a little bit like where we were with Irith Town last week. That they're in a position where they can get good players in, but it's having that pathway up to the next level and. As, as he kind of said there, you know, it's difficult because Dartford have obviously got the ambitions to go up into the National League. They've got to win every game or they want to try and win every game. So the, the youngsters aren't going to get the opportunities that they would get at, at, at other clubs. And, and I think that was a, a, a little bit of a, a a frustration for Ben. But I think that, you know, he was saying that they've been able to get players into Margate because of his connections and everything. And, and they've, they've reaped the benefits from that there. And it's amazing when you've got people who can work with young players like that, and, and just want them to succeed.
4: Yeah, I think there is a bit of frustration with the people I speak to around Darford that, you know, the, the, there's not much room for the academy to to bring players into the first team, and I think they've had that previously. That the, the, the link is not particularly there, but clearly um, Ben is bringing players on and going to other East and Southeast clubs, Margate as well. It can only benefit them, so. If it doesn't work out for, for them at Dartford, the the, the coaching and the quality of the coaching, getting they can have a, a a decent career at other clubs. So I think there's a little bit of frustration, and it must be frustrating for him. But clearly, he knows what it means to so with a manager like Steve King, whose contact book is very very large. Um, they're always looking to bring players in, as you say, to win games. It's you know, maybe these days the position Dartford are in, they haven't got time to blood a youngster. We may have the qualities to do it because they're desperate to get promoted.
0: Yeah. And and, and uh, as I say, thank you to Ben for his time uh, on that. And I, yeah, I did really enjoy he, that.
4: Particularly because he, he was running out of the house and he's got two kids, one, two and one, six months. And he said yeah, getting out, out of the house in the morning is pretty tough. So uh, thanks for your time. We appreciate it,
0: Ben. And good luck with the two kids at home. Yes, absolutely. And Well, yes, I wouldn't have fancied lockdown and all that with, with, with kids like that. That's for <laughs> no, sure. No. Gate with 2-1 winners at Brighton Sea Region on Saturday. The same score as Folks and Victor beat Kingstonian to move back up to third in the table. At the other end, Cray Wanderers were pegged back by 10-man Chess Hunt to draw 1-1. Uh, Cray Wanderers also play Wednesday evening. Before at the weekend, all three teams are away, as we've heard. Margate at runaway leaders, Worthing. Cray go to Bognor Regis. Invicta away to Bowles and pitty And then on Tuesday, there's two more away games. Gate go to Potter's Bar and Invicta are back to Essex to face Brighton Sea again. Uh, both pretty epic trip those on a Tuesday, aren't they?
4: Yeah, that's a bit of a... But again, it's time of the season once you You know, the game's are being postponed. You have to get on with it, I suppose. Business end of the season. You can't worry about that, John. You've just got to get going and try and win matches now. It's getting important. Yeah, I mean,
0: it, it, that is pretty tough for Folkestone to have to go to Bows and Pitsy on, on Saturday and then back over to face Brighton Sea on right. Tuesday night.
4: But yeah, folks have turned it around a little bit. I was a little bit concerned about... Um, at some point, we thought we they might drop out of the... Um, the playoff positions, but I think they're in a healthier position now. And again, still unbeaten at home, which is absolutely fantastic. And you get into the playoffs, you get top three, you know, um, you you, fancy focusing, you get top three, you get a home tie, you fancy against them anybody. But it's looking better now, folks, because I was a little bit concerned at some point.
0: Yeah, I think it was, it was looking a little bit worrying. They did drop out of the playoffs completely, but, you know, being back up to third place now, and that home record it's I, I don't even know the last time they lost a home game, Matt. I, I, I genuinely don't know. It, it must be a long time ago because when you went to the game in the... Was it the FA Cup when they lost early on? It was uh,
4: extra time that day, didn't it? Yeah,
0: and you went to that game and you said... And that was the first time they'd lost in bloody ages anywhere.
4: Yeah.
0: yeah. And, and they're still unbeaten at home f- from then. So, I mean, what a, fanta- what a fantastic... Well, I mean, I know it's a difficult place to get to on a Tuesday night or, or on a Saturday. And it's, a, you know, it's... it's Sometimes maybe the conditions can be a b- little bit tricky, but to be as un- unbeaten for as long as they are at home is, is absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, well, I, I think,
4: um, again, the, the players, they're always going to score goals, Folkestone, and when I saw their support, again, a bit like Margate, um, they sort of got a bit of a wind with the supporters, sort of that feel-good factor, um, which is terribly crucial at times, I think. Um, so they're always going to do well. <laughs> yeah, I was a little bit concerned that we were going to miss out. But now I'm thinking the result, keep going in the good form. Nobody will want to go to Folkestone. Nobody will want to play Folkestone with Neil Cogley's experience. So just keep going as you are. Well, and hopefully Margate can get in there as well. But as he said there, if Margate don't get in there next season, it could be the season for them.
0: Yes, let's move on to the Eastman League South East now, where it's four points from two games for new Seven Oaks town manager Harry Hudson after Saturday's 3-1 win over Herne Bay. All of this coming as he tries to bed in a number of new players. Uh, I spoke to Harry on Tuesday and started by asking him about that points hall, probably his first two games in charge.
2: I definitely would have taken it at the start, most certainly. Um, we, uh, I, I kind of had the first two games down as a bit of a free hit. Like, we didn't know how we were going to do with player recruitment and, uh, and trying to get some information across the, the, the boys' short term. So, yeah. Um, yeah, certainly 4 and 6 I'm, I'm very happy with.
0: Uh, and against two decent sides as well, Corinthian never an easy place to go and Herne Bay have had a really good season.
2: Yeah, and um, exactly that. Like, the Corinthian's are very, very hard place to go to. Michael's um, doing a great job there. Um, they're very well organised, very difficult to score against and put you on a lot of pressure. So, um, <laughs> the first game wasn't a classic by any means. I think both managers will admit that. But... Um, I was really pleased to come away with the, I mean that actually sh- kind of arguably should have been three points with the late equaliser deflected free kick from them, from them. Um, and then a very different challenge against Herm Bay at home uh, on Saturday where well, obviously um, they've got some fantastic individual footballers um, some of the best in the league in my opinion um, and we knew it was going to be a, a different type of challenge but one that was equally um, if not slightly even more difficult Um and yeah, so to come away from three points from that game is um, yeah very, very pleasing, certainly.
0: And two late goals in that game as well. So I guess you must have been relieved by that at the end.
2: <laughs> yeah, we, I mean, we had the better of the first half um, and uh, like we deserved to go 1-0 up. They had they had a good chance towards the end of the first half, but we had quite a lot of control the first 30, 35 minutes and create some good opportunities. Um, second half, they came strong like we kind of knew they would. Um, And if I'm honest, the once they scored, they they equalised. It was gonna, it was gonna be. At that point, I probably would have taken a point. Um, But real credit to the boys. Um, The more Bay came forward and committed numbers, the more we looked like we were. We we could catch them right before we scored our second. We actually had a um, Freddie went round the goalie and um, had a shot clear off the line, which would have made it two one. So yeah, when that second one went in, it was a huge relief to us and. Uh, and it kind of, we just, the boys grew another <laughs> two or three inches themselves, figuratively, in terms of how they were playing, and, and then got the third and sort the game out comfortably.
0: You mentioned recruitment earlier on. How hard is it to come into a club at this stage of the season uh, and have to build from scratch? Uh,
2: definitely very challenging. Um, that first week was, um, I think if I had the timesheet, I'd have been doing excessive amounts of overtime um, trying to get players through the door the most challenging thing obviously is is for that for that game it's Corinthian, and we we knew we needed to kind of add a, a last proportion to the group um, and obviously within the seven day rules that was going to be very difficult so um, I was lucky that a number of managers helped me out um, with players that perhaps weren't directly in their plans immediately um, from step three which was, a, which was a huge huge help for us and then it was just about kind of leveraging on as much of my network as possible um, to be able to recruit players that can have an immediate effect. And um, I think we had nine new debutants against the uh, Caribbean. So yeah, that those kind of six, seven days were certainly busy ones.
0: And, and I guess also when you're bringing players in for, from all different clubs as well, to, to, to gel them quickly must also be a challenge.
2: Yeah, no, and I've, like it takes time like it's quite hard to force team uh, like morale and cohesiveness like these things like that's why you have a kind of five, six week pre-season often to try and um, build that part and it, some of it was quite it, it has been difficult but one of the key factors in our recruitment was actually ensuring that we were recruiting people that we know um, are good people and that can immediately have the right um, Mentality and approach to what we want to do, um, and like for us having getting Corey Holder over the line was was so important for that as a as the, the, the new club captain in terms of knowing exactly what I would want from the change room and what what my standards are, and and he can set that from the get go, and that was that was a very pivotal signing for us.
0: Obviously, looking at the league table, you're down near the bottom there, and I guess your first aim is is to get away from there as quickly as possible.
2: Yeah. No no doubt. I mean Seven Oaks is a is a phenomenal club. But what the what the, the what Paul and the board have managed to achieve there in a um since they've had the club under their stewardship is is just phenomenal and it's I mean it, the club's gonna go from strength to strength and it's it most certainly, especially with the, the new plans is will be in my opinion when they're built be one of the best one of the best step four facilities. Um, so we need to try and maintain the status of step four as a first and first thought. Um, if we can carry on the way we started, um, and we can't rest our laws, but if we can carry on the way we started, hopefully in three to four to five weeks' time, we will start looking um, above us rather than just worrying about what's behind us. Um, and then, obviously, if we can secure status for this year, we have a clean slate and we can, we can st- certainly look to kick on next year.
0: I think I know what you're going to say to to this one. But obviously, there's so much confusion about the the, the playoff places, who's going to be in it, points per game and everything like that. But you're not going to be worrying about that at all. You're just focused on yourselves and getting high up the table, aren't you? So,
2: yeah, the, the biggest thing is um, being in a situation where, yeah, we don't have to worry about being near third bottom or below that. Um, when we took over at Seven Oaks, we, I believe there's two reprieves um, at Step 4. The third bottom teams across the country and we were at least the top two teams on points per game and when I took over we were second place in that so if the season had ended then we would have had a reprieve um, I haven't looked at it since um, and as you said that like, it's not about like we don't want to get out of trouble on a reprieve or really ideally on a playoff we want to try and um, climb up the table and like, although we haven't moved the place up since I've taken over the, the gaps become much much smaller to the teams above us um and i think it's something crazy like four or five points separates like the bottom seven clubs or something like that so order from us to to the next seven bottom team so if we can keep on a good run and keep some momentum there's no reason why we 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 can't try and finish as high at the table as possible um but number one objective is is keep keep step status certainly
0: uh, obviously, you go to Chichester this weekend and, and looking at your fixes, you've got so, you've got some tough games to come, but I guess you're taking it just a game at a time at the moment.
2: That's all we can do. Um, and we've managed to get a relative amount of success from preparing ourselves as we have done for the first two games. And That'll be exactly how we'll go again. We we, we can't think that we've cracked anything. We can't think or we can in any way relax. We certainly can't. And we just need to keep preparing ourselves Um for each game as we have done for the first two and the boys that we have um that we've kept at the club the boys that we brought in have been so uh, receptive to what we're asking them to do it's been a real joy to be a part of um and we can have all the plans all the preparation all the analysis we want in the world but ultimately it's down to the players on game day to execute and so far i can't speak high enough of them um because it's, it's only down to their effort and, and work weight and application that's going to get us any points um, Chichester is another another very tough game um, I think they play some of the best football in the league um, they have a lot of rotation they, they um, they're they a side I, I respect a lot so um, it's going to be a tough game as the remaining eight will be Um but I said we we should we should take take confidence from our first two performances. Keep trying to build, um, and if we do that, I think I think the team that we have assembled will give anyone a, a, a very a very tough game in this league.
0: Well, he's feeling very positive, Matt. Not just about this season and what remains of that, but the future of the club as as a whole, Matt. Yeah, we did think when you saw that we did think at the beginning of the season
4: of where Seven Acts are going with the stand and the ground and what they were building up. He did think that if it can get it right on the field as well, they're only going one in one direction as a as a club. He's gone in there, you know, much controversy going leaving from Glebe, but he's gone there. Four points from the opening two games, clearly. Um, once he can get his players in, and what he has brought his own players in, he can be a success. And, and I think Seven Oaks, another club, who seem to be doing well um, off the field. They can get the results on the field. Again, they can go they, they can be a contender for this division as well when they say get going. Again, clearly it shows. And like we say the non-league game. You want the players and you can trust. And
0: you said it was nine debuts he had, wasn't it? Yep, nine yeah. debuts in, in the in the first game at, at Corinthian. There were a couple more changes this weekend uh, as well. And, and I thought what was really Uh, Telling there was he said, you know, the one player that he really wanted to get over the line was Corey Holder to come in, be the captain, lead by example. And and obviously that's the one player that he he brought with him from Glebe as well. And, and, you know, that's a massive responsibility for, for the player anyway. But I think that that's you know I I think it shows that Harry Hudson has really got his head screwed on actually and you know what he said there is that he thinks that when everything's done, Severnix will have some of the best facilities at that level of football. So he's obviously seen this as as a good long term sort of prospect, hasn't he? Yeah, I I I think um,
4: you look at it. Mickey Collins was there, what eight years was he? Something like that. that, So they're not in the habit of sacking managers. Um, Had success. Stabilizing this division. Clearly, he's enjoyed working at this level before. Clearly, his contacts book is pretty long as well, and he can bring players in like that. And players will come for him. So, it's a win-win situation for for both sides. I looked up his. I think he, I looked up that player you mentioned, Corey Holder. I think he had him at Whiteleaf as well. So it'll be interesting if a number of players from Whiteleaf join him. But <laughs> Again, the, the Seven Oaks fans probably turned up for their home game and thought we're It's a totally different team, but by five o'clock they were happy because that was a massive win
0: for them. Yeah, and, and I think it's it's a massive challenge to come in because not every player is going to be available now. And when you're in the situation that, that Seven Oaks are in, you know there may have been players at other clubs near the foot of that table that he might have wanted to bring in. And even if they're not playing, the managers aren't necessarily going to want to let them go to join. Seven Oaks a, a rival or anything like that so as he said there you know he was very lucky that some managers really sort of helped him out and, and were really good to him to, to help him get some players in and all of that but a massive challenge to, to build a whole new squad in front of I think I said this uh, when Mickey Collins left I said whoever takes on that job it's going to be difficult to do that and and I think full credit to Harry for coming in two difficult games to start We know Corinthian's a hard place to go, as he said there. Herne Bay, just outside the playoff place, is having a really good season with some really good individual players, which is exactly what Harry said there. And to get four points out of those two is absolutely phenomenal. And that that just shows what a good manager he is.
4: Yeah, we didn't go across the way there. Clearly, you know, was he managing a level below where he should have been? At Glebe. And Glebe, you know, not, not saying disrespect for them. He took that job, um, and there was a bit of controversy, him leaving, but he's gone to Seven Oaks. And I think it probably shows he's probably, those nine players wouldn't have played Scaffold, but they'll play this division and probably for Harry. So I think it's a win win situation for both sides here, if he can get it right. Again, it might not necessarily be Roses every week, but once he fed the players in, um from there. I just feel what what happened to the nine players you've moved on from Seven
0: Oaks? Where did they do they just get released? Or do they turn up at other clubs? That's that's the million dollar question. And obviously, the players who all played in that last game for so. I mean, some of them may have left. Some of them may still be there as well. And and you know, but obviously, you will have. That's the other thing is you will have had players who were loyal to the previous manager who'd been there for eight years and everything like that. So there may have been players who just said, no, you know, now Mickey's gone, we're gonna we're gonna move on. And and they probably just spread themselves around all over different clubs. But yeah, it's fascinating. It's absolutely fascinating. And Seven Oaks. Made a brave call to 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 do that and that to to get to make a change of manager and everything that would possibly go with it, and I think they've kind of been vindicated so far. Obviously, they'll only be vindicated come the end of the season if 7 Oaks stay up. But at the moment, you look at it and you think, well, why won't they stay up?
4: Yeah, I think they're in a, in a good position. Clearly, he's not too worried about the the points thing if they do get sucked in the playoff because the points per game works in their favour. Yeah, I just want to get involved in that. It's such a tight division. If they can get, again, follow that up with a win at the weekend, they could be 15th, 16th in the division. And it, it looks totally better. But that shows those those four points he's gained. It's given them four points on um, Phoenix, isn't it? Which is yeah. important in there. So it's very important thing. doesn't look too good for Whitstable They're at the bottom now with those from, from that point of view. But, yeah, it's, it's worked out well Um, and, and shows the benefits sometimes of changing the manner of manager if you can think you can get results and bring new players in who aren't working out. Brave decision by Seven Oaks as well. They could have stuck with Mickey and Mickey did a really good job there. But, um, they've gone a different direction. He's been backed, clearly, um, for, for getting the job. Backed by the board as well. Um, I don't know, if, a lot of these players can't be on contract, sort of thought. I don't know if they have, not or not. So, probably, you, you, you're lucky the old seven-day, um, seven-day uh, approach has worked in their favour and, must be the transfer deadline day as well, so there might even be more more signings by the end of it when you get into the uh,
0: end of the season as well. Yeah, he, he actually explained the points per game thing uh, very well, uh, did Harry. But just to recap, uh, of the eight divisions up and down that country, uh, there will be um, some teams will be reprieved, and I think it's I think it's something like six out of the eight will have to go into the playoffs or something like that. Um, and when Harry took over, I think seven Oaks were just outside. Uh, they were just about to be reprieved, uh, before Saturday's win, they were not going to be reprieved and would have had to go into a playoff. Uh, and then I think now they probably pushed themselves back out of it. But as he said there, and, and I knew he was going to say that he doesn't want to be thinking about the points per game because he doesn't want to finish in that position. He wants to finish higher up the table and that'll be that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, again, building momentum for next season. It shows that
4: if they can get results. Other players may want to join. Um, you start, you end this season well. It can only benefit you for next season. So yeah, a bit of interesting times again for for, for our for our teams in there. I feel a bit sorry for Whitstable at the moment because they need to pick up points and fast.
0: They do, and it is uh, it, it is worrying for for teams like that. And and you know. Looking at the bigger picture, would you want to get sucked into the scaffold if you were in that league at the moment? I don't think you would uh, from where it would come. Elsewhere uh, in the East League South East at the weekend, Cray Valley dropped to fourth place after their 2-1 home defeat to three bridges. Uh, Ashford, who won at hythe 2-1, and Ramsgate, who were 3-0 winners against East Grinstead, with a sides to leapfrog the Millers. Uh, Hayward Heath, who are in the playoff spot, having beaten Faversham 1-0, well, Corinthians lost 3-0 leaders Hastings, sitting on one of VCD and there were no goals between Whitehawk and Phoenix on Hayward Teeth very quickly. Uh, they've had a bit of a bonus because they managed to get some points that they possibly didn't earn. Uh, the game a few weeks ago that we discussed, a bit between Herne Bay and Hayward Teeth, uh, which was called off uh, due to the referee suffering an injury. Uh, Herne Bay was subsequently charged... Uh, admitted the charges and part of their punishment is that the one nil scoreline as it was at half time stays put. Uh Herne Bay said in a statement they wouldn't be contesting that so I don't know what's gone on there but this is it's pretty unprecedented all of that isn't it Matt? Yeah I, I, we were led to believe from the initial thing that, that
4: they couldn't get a referee to do it. Are, are they saying that Herne Bay didn't want to carry on playing then from that statement or they didn't want to play and um the league have said, right, it's your fault. You're going to have to um, forfeit the points, or as the result is, it should be. I think, really, if the game can't continue, they should really replay it. I would have thought the president would be, wouldn't it?
0: I would have thought so. I mean, I was very, very surprised. Um, basically, the statement on the Hern Bay website says, following the abandonment at half time of our fixture, uh, on the 12th of February against Hayward Heath, after injury to the referee made him unfit to carry on Herne Bay were charged with a breach of league rules 14.3 and 8.39 after presenting written evidence in a personal hearing the decision of the appeal subcommittee was that the result of the match uh, at the time of abandonment will stand the club has been also been fined a substantial amount um, we have decided not to appeal to the FA despite mitigating circumstances and apologise to support and the players this unfortunate injury to the referee had the outcome that it has. Um, I mean, it, something's gone on there, obviously, Matt, that, that that we don't know about. And and I was actually going to text Ben Smith and say off the record what's gone on. But I just find it all a bit confusing because, um, you know, if the referee's injured, that's not home base fault, surely? No, yes. Um, I don't understand, unless there's been
4: a complaint by the other team saying that, you know, we wanted to play, you. you were being... A little bit awkward towards it, yeah. But I honestly don't know. But I would have thought they should replay the game from that point if they were looking to. Yeah, I don't understand. Normally, the president is to replay the game and then maybe have an argument afterwards. But we've got plenty of time to finish that game up. Yeah, strange one there. So um, they got heavily fined as well, didn't they? Said.
0: Yeah, heavily. Yeah, substantial amount.
4: Yeah. Strange, very strange. No, I don't know what's going on there. I don't know if we'll ever find out what's going on.
0: No, it doesn't seem that way. Um... This weekend, Ashford are at home to Phoenix Sports. Wits will travel to Burgess Hill, as we've already heard. Seven Oaks go to Chichester. Corinthian are at home to East Grinstead. Cray Valley take on Hastings. It's Herne Bay at home to Faversham. Hythe host Hayward Seath. Ramsgate take on Lancing. Sitting one go to Three Bridges and VCD host Whitehawk. Uh, before on Tuesday night, Ramsgate are at home to Corinthian. Uh, into the scaffold now, where the biggest game of the weekend ended in a 0 0 draw, as neither Glebe nor Chatham could find a breakthrough at Foxbury Avenue with Sheppie United winning 3-0 at Irith and Belvedere. It's all square between the top two. Both Chatham and Sheffield on 78 points from their 30 games. they are 16 points behind them. They do have four games in hand, one of which is being played as we speak, and I'll bring you the result of that one later in the show. Basically, Matt, we have got to keep on winning and hope that the teams above them slip up.
4: Yeah. I, um, I suppose the only winner there was probably Sheffield, wasn't it, from that point of view? If From that... Glebe, four games in hand. Yeah, it's going to be tough for Glebe, I would have thought. Um, you can't really see Chatham and Sheppey maybe dropping too many points. They're fighting it out. Chatham have got the goal difference. Yeah, I think um, a, a decent result for Glebe. If they'd have won that, maybe giving them a chance. But the draw is probably not good enough for them. It just makes it a little bit exciting. I think you said the Sheppey fans got excited with that as well, didn't they?
0: Yeah, I think they were, I think they were pretty happy to, to with that win and and the other game between those other two ending in a draw and you know it's it's going to go all the way I think between the, the top two and and it's you're looking at it now and you're thinking have Glebe got too much to do with all those games in hand and everything like that and I think it's going to be I, th- I just think it's going to be those two now uh, they can't they don't the, the difficulty they've got is neither of them wants the other one to drop points because they want to make sure that they're in the top points per game so that they both get promoted. But also, they both want to win the league, don't they?
4: Yeah,
0: yeah. Again, is it
4: 38 games they must play? Eight games to go, is it? Uh, From there. So, yeah, yeah. you would have thought it's going to go to the neck and neck here. Who's going to go it? Chatham, of course, are in their... They're in pole position because their goal difference is considerably better. Um, Yeah, I, I can't see... I can't see either of them slipping up. It's just going to go to the wire if anybody blinks at the wrong time and the other team makes advantage of that
0: yeah it's 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 so tight up there but I, I think as you said there the, the goal difference that Chatham have got I mean that is a phenomenal difference isn't it and I, I could see them both going all the way winning every game they've got left yeah. but it'll just be if, if the nerves start to settle in at any point I suppose yeah we
4: haven't looked at the, po- the points per game but I presume they're in a, in a healthy position um for where they are very both- healthy uh, yeah, so you'd have thought both are going to go up. Again, all it's coming down to who's going to win the league. You expect Chatham who's averaging three goals a game. did a good job keeping them out at the weekend. Was that their first? Well, I don't know if that was their first um, time they didn't score. I think no,
0: Chatham had a nil-nil draw the other week. Actually, that's the yeah. second one they've had in the last few weeks. So, um
4: yeah, yeah. You know, I haven't looked at who they've got left to play, but I would have thought. It sides middle to bottom end of the table, so you really can't see them
0: dropping many points as the season goes ahead. Continues No, you can't. Uh, elsewhere on Saturday, Rustle beaten four one by Crowborough. L- Lordswood ended their long run without a win as they beat Fisher two one. Irith Town one 0 winners at Hollands and Blair. Holmesdale beat K Sports two one. Kennington won five two at home to Biersted. Uh Wellington overcame Tower Hamlets three one, and Fjord Rogers scored a hat trick as Tim Wells' home first home game in seventy seven days. Ended in a four nil win over Deal. Um, the, the standout result there, though, is obviously Lourdes. We talk a lot about the top, but that is a massive result for them at the foot of the table. Matt.
4: Yeah, you mentioned when was that last time they actually won away from home? Just gives them a little bit of a, a a hope, takes them off the bottom of the table, which probably means a lot to them. They're going to take them. It's going to be tough to try and catch Rustle, but they go again. They have got the games in hand. Just got a hope that they can carry on that sort of momentum it, that was a decent result against fisher though because fisher you know 13th place in the league no mugs in there so just build that momentum now just i would love to know what that dressing was like room was like at the end of the final whistle because all that hard work and you're not winning matches must be an absolute buzz when you the final whistle goes and you've got it and you look at the league table and they're not bottom that could be you know the buzz of that must have been fantastic for all concerned
0: yeah, they have got games in hand on, on Rustall above them, four points. And and you, you just gotta hope, if you're Lordswood, that you've got that momentum now and that you're just gonna be able to build on that on that one win. Um, you know, and it's only their third win in twenty eight games so far this season. We've just got to be looking at it thinking, well we've gotta we've gotta build on that. They've got Hollands and Blair next midweek and, and, and you know, if they can get another result there, even if it's maybe just a point. They'll just keep pushing them up, pushing them up. And, you know, we've both got the league table in front of us. I'm pretty sure you don't have to be a rocket scientist to work out. They haven't scored 28, only one team scored fewer and conceded 88. Only one team's conceded more. You can see that they've got problems at both ends of the pitch at Lordswood.
4: Yeah, yeah, clearly they've got issues um, at both ends of the pitch, but just see if they can pick up some more results and see where it leads them. Don't worry about anybody else. Just work out what you can do. And if they can do that, it could work in their
0: favour. Yes, absolutely. Two games on Wednesday night. Uh, before on Saturday, Beerstead host Sheppey United. Canterbury take on Glebe. Chatham are at home to Crowborough. Hollands and Blair meet Irith and Belvedere. Punjab United host Holmesdale. It's Rustall against Fisher. Tower Hamlets against Kennington. Tumbridge Wells hosts K-Sports and it's Wellington against Dealtown. Town. Uh, five games in midweek as well. Fisher against Kennington. Lordswood against Hollands and Blair, as I just said. Tumbridge Wells against Glebe on Tuesday. Uh, before Holmesdale hosts Deal and Wellington host Rustall. On Wednesday, uh, Beckenham's game on Saturday instantly, which we b- gave the big build-up to, was called off. Uh, so there's nothing that they are playing uh, tonight. As I say, Tuesday results will be later in the show. At Sutton Athletics still top of Division 1 after a 3-0 win at Croydon. Stansfeld are still on their tails after their 5-0 win at Lidtown. Town moved up to third after their 3-1 win over Forest Hill Park, climbing above Beck, who were held 1-1 by Favisham Strikeforce. Larkfield and New Hyde won 4 2 at Lewisham Borough, while well, SC Thamesmead beat Staples Monarchs 2 1. There was a game on Monday night as well, and it was another big defeat for Lid Town as they lost 6 1 at Greenways. That's 11 goals conceded in just over 48 hours for Lid. I know you've got people down there, Matt, but that's not a, a week that any of them will have enjoyed, I'd imagine.
4: No, my, I think my mate, I was speaking to his uncle, that um, he sort of he plays Saturday. He also has got a big Sunday team They've got a big game coming up, and he played Monday. So maybe some of the players there are a little bit. Um, worn out from their exploits. But yeah, Leeds uh, struggling a little bit. You know, when they lose, they lose heavily. But,
0: you know, what would they do without Bradley's goals? Exactly. Someone also said that Greenways either win by loads or lose by loads. And that probably uh, stands true because they won 6-1 on Monday night. Uh, and go- that took their goal difference up to minus 13. 53 goals for, 66 against. So probably never dull if you're going to watch Greenways. Like, Where is Greenways? Any they, idea? Play, they play They at K-Sports. So next are
4: yeah, so uh, we we don't know if that is the Simon Walton, is it? Playing? It's not. No, it's not. I'm sure same. it's
0: not. We've had this yeah. conversation before.
4: But oh, no, I always well thought it could be because he was based in Maidstone, Ray, right, wasn't he? So, um, from there for a bit. So, but yeah, at least he scored Bradley. But yeah, not. But that uh, must have been a freezing K Sports getting Tonk six one. Yeah, disappointing for Lid. Come on, boys, sort it out.
0: Uh, the other Simon Walton it, apparently is having a at Louisville or has been.
4: It has been, yeah, yeah. So, no, so. Apologies, tight the, the real the proper time in Walton he plays for uh, for Greenway.
0: Yeah, there's another Matt Joward out there somewhere doing podcasts. He's probably doing <laughs> all right as well. Uh, there's three games in that division on Wednesday night. Then on Saturday, Chisleton Hook against Meridian VP, uh, Croydon host Lewisham Baris, Faversham Strike Force against SC Thamesmead, at uh, Lockfield and New Hyde head to Forest Hill Park, Greenways meet Rochester is second against third, as Stansfeld hosts Snodland Town, at uh, Leeds Sutton Athletic host Lid Town. So not another one coming up for Lid uh, and Staples Monarchs go to Westside. There's seven games next midweek as well, with both Stansfeld and Sutton among the sides in action on Tuesday, and all of those fixtures can be found on the Skefford website. OK, let's go up to the National League then, where on Saturday Sky were claiming that Dover's relegation had been confirmed after their 6-0 shellacking at Barnet. After much head-scratching, we don't think that is quite the case, but, well, if you're losing 6-0 at Barnet, it's only going to be a matter of time. Uh, Matt was at the game, and he spoke to Jake Goodman afterwards. The manager said it was embarrassing, and I've got
4: to, I agree with him.
3: <laughs> yeah, um, I think that's probably our worst performance of the season. Um, to be fair, I think he went... Bit nice and us, uh, nice for us. In now, we deserved all, 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 all the criticism we deserved today. Um, there's, can't put an answer on it. We, we just uh, didn't, didn't perform. Obviously, normally we can hold our heads up high, but today we couldn't. Obviously, that includes myself. Probably, I'll look at myself more than, more than many. Obviously, because I am the, the senior one out there, it wasn't good enough.
4: Yeah, again, you could have been 5-0 down at half time and getting to half time at one maybe was a bonus change it around and go again but I think probably the 15 minutes after half time is probably the worst you've played all season
3: <sighs> 15 minutes I think that's a bit uh, no in that <laughs> it period of time could have been uh, in the first first minute of the second half it, it was just obviously look, no answers for it we, obviously look, we don't we don't intend to go out and and play like that as a group of players obviously we all got pride in ourselves obviously we are all fighting for something but today just was a was a horror show
4: yeah you had 88 fans today and they still cheered you off at the end and shake the players hands any messages for them out there because you know it's not cheap to come to barnet and they've just seen an embarrassing afternoon
3: yeah um look we can only apologize to the fans um look <laughs> With the situation, obviously, look, we can't keep going on about it. It was 11 versus 11, and all of us got beaten today. Um, it is what it is, unfortunately.
4: you own personally, you were pulled off after the third goal. Um, what was your views about that? We, we maybe thought maybe a bit of a scapegoat by the manager here.
3: Mm, no, um, look, I, I, look, I know my performances recently. They've been been good. Obviously, look, the managers praised me but today it wasn't today obviously for whatever reason just didn't happen for me Okay, it is what it is but look he's taken me off I'm not going to sit and cry about it and whinge about it it is what it is this game of football he had to change it he did what's right for the team there's no qualms in that
4: you're going to be relegated could be next week is that when that happens is that the pressure off the players
3: Um, I think the Pressure's been off us most, most of the season if I'm honest. Um obviously yeah, look, we wish we could have made it more of a fight, but if it is next week, then it is next week. But we, we won't down tools, we will react and we're gonna have to. We're gonna have to. We got we got stuff to fight for, we got personal pride to fight for.
0: It was a hard watch that one, Matt, and it sounds like it wasn't a barrel of laughs for him playing it either. No. I've got no problems.
4: Losing. Um, as part of it we've lost all season but we were absolutely abject pathetic um, it was you know we should have been five to have done at half time um, late at the post four times um, and Parks again I really hope he has a decent career because he's been very busy at Dover but he's a top draw goalkeeper um, and in the second half you think well I got into it the wind was in Dover's direction they got in at half time Let's see if we can get into it. But 15 minutes time, it was just appalling. There was absolutely no fight in the team. Um, and and that, that's what frustrates me. Because the majority of the season they've had a bit of fight. But they just rolled over here. And it, and it was embarrassing um, and frustrating. And I've mentioned that Folkestone, there seems to be a... You know, the fans enjoying it. There's a link to the club. Ben mentioned the fans for... For Margate as well. But it's, you know, Dover are just going through the motions at the moment. And you're thinking, well, just let the season end as quickly as possible. And hopefully they come out with a plan of where they're going to go for next season because it's just really, really poor. There's fans arguing amongst themselves on the website and on the forum and things like that. It's just, it's not good. And to be honest, it's probably out of the worst performance. We've had in the seven eight seasons we've been in the National League, it was that bad. And I've seen us lose six one to my favourite team Woking. So um,
0: yeah, absolutely terrible. It's
4: uh, hard, it was, isn't it?
0: I, I understand, you know. I understand the situation that you're in. There's no point throwing money at this at this season, and you know you've had a lot of money taken away from you with the fine and everything like that. And and I understand that things are tough at Dover and we've had Jim Palmer on the show a number of times and he's always been really good to us to be fair on this show um, explaining where he's coming from and, and that things are difficult for him and Dover Athletic but like you say you've got to have that connection with the fans and you know yeah I take the mick out of you but you're you are a, a massive fan of Dover Athletic and you've always been so positive and I remember looking back as I was when we were going up to our 200th episode at the shows that we've done. And you know how you used to be so positive all the time about Dover and when you were in and around the playoff places. And and, and to hear you, Mr Dover Athletic, in, in many people's ears anyway, so dejected, does just show that there is a problem. And you can't keep showing a lack of fight because come August, you're going to be wanting the supporters to be there, to be behind you so that you can start afresh. But if people have got you know, tired of, of of the way that you've performed over the past 12 months, it's going to be a hard sell to get people to come back to Crabble, isn't it? And that's the overriding thing. It's all well and good. Yes, you're going to be relegated. Yes, you're going to lose games of football. But it's the manner of those defeats. And, uh, you know, we've all been there and what seen teams we support lose. And there's nothing worse than when they look like they're not trying, when they look like they're just all over the place, when they just look shot and you just want to see some some pride and I feel Matt that that's been what's been missing from Dover and you know it's all part of I think it stretches back a long time and and you may not like where I'm going to go with this next sentence but I think partly you've got to look at Chris Kinnear as well because there's no one in that squad who's Dover through and through is you know Mr Dover Athletic and that's all been born out of the right well we're going to have to train up in London sort of way, get as many players as we can who only come down to Dover once every or for home games, whenever they may be. And, and I just feel that, you know, there's no one in that squad who I think I'm looking at and thinking, well, if it all goes, he's the man who can lead Dover forward because he really cares about the club. But I, I think unfortunately for a lot of players over the last five or six years Dover has been a paycheck and nothing more and it's just literally oh this is who I'm playing for there's there's no one there who who has the passion that that you've got for the club and that your fellow supporters have got for the club and I think that must be what hurts yeah
4: I think you're right there the constant changing of teams even under Kinnear didn't help Dover if they had a settled team they could have gone on and they you know, even got better than they were in the playoffs at some point if, if Chris Kinnear was given the opportunity but that's another story. You get two sides of the story on that thing. Yeah, it's just... It, it is just... Nobody knows where, where the club's going. And it is going to be a hard sell next season. You know, you're playing, you know, Grimsby's your teams like that. No disrespect to Concord, Rangers and Hungerford. You know, if you're not going to go and watch Dover against Grimsby and Etel, are you going to go against Concord on a Tuesday night? Probably not. So you've got to give them something to cheer about, Um on the pitch, either with it, you know, the feel-good factor of the club or winning team. And at the moment, my concern is, you know, we've seen clubs here before when they're doing badly, have one season, they start the season next season, and you go straight through. And I, and I think if you speak to a lot of people at the moment at Dover, there would be no way they'll be anywhere near the top half of the league next season below, unless I know something that we don't. And they could go straight through, which is absolutely heartbreaking. All the hard work they've done over the years to get into the national league. So, yeah, it's it, it's frustrating, and I have to say, the 88 fans who went there, luckily, you know, I didn't have to pay to get in. They, you know, deserved absolute middle, and they still cheered the team off the pitch, and they didn't deserve it because we were absolutely abject, absolutely abject. It was just embarrassing, and you know, I, I, I'm, I, you know, the feelings about Andy Hesitala, should he stay or should he go? I've got my feelings about that. I'm not going to let them go on here at the moment We'll do it at the end of the season. But, you know, something has got to give it the club and they need to come out and say, right, what are we going to be doing? What is happening next season? Are we going to go for it? Or are we going to regroup and play the Academy boys? And if they did that, people will be behind the team. They just wanted something to cling to, a little bit of something just to keep the hope up. Because there's absolutely no hope at the moment. And some of the gates before the end of the season are just going to be pathetic and, and you know, there's absolutely no momentum, all. Cool. The start of the season, the minus 12, let's get behind everything. It's been blown out of the water. And it's, and it's just, you know, just waiting till the end of the season job, really.
0: The thing as well is, obviously, you, you, you've you dropped down the leagues before, haven't you? And you ended up in the Isthmian League Southeast Division. Uh, oh, as, as it was, Division Isthmian League Division 1 South as it was then. Do, do you think things are as bad now as they were then when, when that kind of all went on? Uh, well, that was the club was in financial difficulties. According to the, current, the chairman,
4: Dover aren't in financial difficulties or he needs a new investment. Or are they squirrelling the money away for next season? Nobody seems to know, but they need some hope to cling on to That That is all you're, you're asking for. Something to that people talk, start talking about Dover in a good way. Well, they've got this, they've got that. At the moment, it's just defeat after defeat. and Barnet weren't pulling up any trees, but, you know, Six 0 against them. It, it was, it was abject. If it didn't, if you didn't, if I didn't laugh, I, I, you know, you'd cry. But you know, it's, it's just, it's just frustrating, really. It's what the season to end now. That's all I can say. And, yeah. and one of the things is, you know, you, we'll talk about it in a minute. You know, mates, they were probably in this position what three years ago when they got relegated, or four years ago when they got relegated from the national league. And you know, there's a little disharmony about the management, etc. like that. And it, it, it will, it probably will turn around, and they'll have some good days supporting David. But um, I, again, I'd like, a, you know, a bit of the Eastley game gave you the buzz. You actually won a game, and you've had that feel-good factor at the end of it. I, I don't want that every week, but it'd be nice to have it on a more, more um, regular basis.
0: You want to win every week, just to admit it. I, I've got a, one positive for you though. You can't be relegated this weekend. You can't be. No, you mathematically, I thought you could have been, but Aldershot haven't got a game this weekend. If you lose this weekend, you need Aldershot to win and they're not playing this week. So you, you will not be relegated this weekend. Bonus. So it could be against you. I said it would be the 19th, wouldn't it? Dreams can come true, as Gabrielle once said.
4: Aldershot, Aldershot playing next Tuesday. They're not. No, they're
0: not. I've checked that for you already.
4: So relegation will happen. Could So, yeah. Who have Aldershot got next week on the 19th? That
0: I don't know. You'll have to look that up. You've home the... kids Lynn. Oh yes, <laughs> it's coming into place. It, it won't no, because it won't matter because if you've lost both of your games, you'll be down regardless. Right, so.
4: So, so we're going into the Avril game. Well, going on the basis <laughs> so we're not going to beat Halifax. Yeah. Um. All right, right. Let's cheer me up a little bit because we want we want to be relegated at home. So I want us to beat Avril, but I want us to be relegated, which could happen, I suppose. Could it? Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. That's that. That would be a
0: nice end to the story, yeah. Yeah, lovely uh, textbook. Uh, probably <laughs> held to a nil-nil draw at Torquay on Saturday. Uh, no league action for them this weekend as they have their FA Trophy quarter-final at home to Solihull Moors. We, we kind of put that on the back burner a bit, but do, do you fancy their chances in that one, Matt? Solihull are a decent side. Do they? How much do they want to win it? I presume
4: he's still going to continue to play the the kids in this game. Um, we've done him well so far, winning matches. Looking at the lead table, where are they at the moment? They've got plenty of games in hand as well, Bromley, haven't they? They've only played 29 games, two times around them. I think could go either way. If they go out, nobody's going to be that disappointed, because again, of course, the semi-finals are two-legged. Why? I don't know. Um, so they could be even further behind on their fixtures. So if they win, yes, they'll be dreaming of women. If they go out, I don't think they'll be too disappointed.
0: But if you're Andy Woodman and you're Bromley and you've not won in your last four league games, uh, exactly. you, you want a result, especially against a team that are up there battling for the same playoff places as you are. Surely they, surely they want to get that. I wouldn't be surprised if he goes strong because they're at the stage now where they need a result anyway. But also when you get to the quarterfinals, you can't help but start thinking, well, yeah, it's, it's it's an opportunity. And yes, the two-legged semi-finals might be a bit, might get in the way a little bit. So there's that that factor of it. But I, th- I just think having not won in the last four, having dropped out of the playoff places, I-, I think if you look at where they are in the league now, even with the two games in hand on Bromley, I- I- on Solihull, I think if you, if you're Bromley and you're looking at it thinking, you know, w- we're not in the top seven at the moment, we've got, we want to achieve something this season. I think they've got to go for it Saturday, as far as I'm concerned, they- they've got to go, they've got to go strong. They want to beat a team who they're going to be competing with for, for the rest of the season. And, and, if you get into the semi-finals and have a shot at Wembley, then all the better. Because I'm pretty sure, we, we've discussed this before, you want to see your team win at Wembley. Bromley came close three years ago. Bloody hell, they'd love to do it again, wouldn't they?
4: Yeah, yeah. I, the thing is, in that competition as well, there's so many big sides left in it. It's looked before. Recent years, there's been sort of smaller clubs going in it. So there's no guarantee, you know, you can get to the semi-final and lose, which will be an even maybe a blow to their... Um, their promotion, it's a difficult one, but yeah, if they lose, they'll be, I don't think they'll be too disappointed. If they win, yeah, I can see both sides of the story. Johnny Best, has just got 100, by the way.
0: Well, oh, marvellous. Well done, Johnny. Incidentally, well, while we're doing live score updates, we're not, uh, I'll do, I will put a thing in later on about all the Tuesday night games, but uh, while we were talking about him, Ben Green, I'll one in the net. So uh, we've obviously done the trick for him, haven't we?
4: Yeah, that's, There's a big game for Margate. I think in the cup. They, I think they would particularly like to, um, pick up a trophy, I think that would be a good season for them. You know, if, picking up a velocity trophy, we might criticise it, as he did in his interview, but it's a good trophy to win, I think, once you get to this far in the competition.
0: Yes, it's a, it's a Kent double for Halifax this week, as they played over on Saturday, uh, and then they play Bromley on Tuesday night as well, so uh, we'll keep an eye uh, on those uh, next week's show. And I can't believe, Matt, We we've, this show has been on, it must be over an hour now, with all the interviews that we've put in it. We haven't even talked about the game of the week yet which was Dartford beating Dorking? I mean, an incredible result for them. All the while, Maidstone 2-0 down at half-time, coming back to beat Hungerford 3-2. It's all of a sudden looking very, very tasty at the top of the National League South, isn't it? Yeah. I think Dartford had to get a result against um,
4: Dorking, and they did it. Did it in style against Steve King. Good at home again. We mentioned folks to being good at home. Dartford haven't lost at home all season as well. Very, very strong at home, and that's a massive win. Um, and in Maidstone as well 2-0 down against Hungerford I realised I don't think Hungerford could be too strong because Dwayne of 4 action action was up front for them and he got sent <laughs> off so challenge best <laughs> respect for them but yeah again the ability to win football matches um, is 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 there we mentioned Dover cannot win a match these two seem to cut not Maidstone apart from the well at talking, they got in the habit you know, belief is constantly, constantly there. I think Maystone could go on top of the table if they win today. I think it's half-time, it's nil-nil. we will we'll fill us on later in the rest of the pod. But, yeah, fantastic result for them. Really makes it exciting Going to go into the wire. I think Ebsley won as well. So, yeah, keeping, keeping it all
0: alive. And as I was just saying, Dartford's still strengthening as well. Uh, they've signed this new striker who's already off the mark, uh, making his debut this evening. Uh, on loan from Weymouth. Uh, what is his name? Jordan Greenwich. Greenwich. Yes. Yeah. Jordan Greenwich, is that right? Yeah, I've, I've heard of him at Newport, was not it. He? He's a big lad, apparently. Is he um, also an, an opening bat? Uh, uh, well, oh no, well, that was, that, sorry, that was Gordon Greenwich. Um, but no, no. No, the guy for Barnet. that's his grandson who scored against Dover. That is his grandson. Oh, brilliant. So
4: I don't know if there are any relation, but um, yeah, Steve King again, not resting on his laurels. Um, plenty of, um, Matt is coming in. Do you know much that,
0: about Jordan Greenwich, Matt? Uh,
4: he's about six foot five.
0: Uh, he's six foot five. I was going to say that'll send you, you off know, to I'll bed probably, in a good mood, wouldn't
4: it? He's at Newport. I don't know where he came from before Newport, but um, uh, yeah, well, my kind of striker. So um, it just
0: gives him a little bit different, doesn't it? You, you uh, need options up front, I suppose. And, you know, they've got various different types of striker, Dartford, but that is just something, something different. And at this time of season, you know, something like that could just help them out. Just having someone there who can who can sit the ball in and, and just provide a, provide a target. It, it, when you kind of get to this stage of the season, you don't need to be pretty, do you? You just need to win games of football. And that's what Maidstone did on Saturday. That's what Dartford did on Saturday. You've just got to win a game of football. And, and that's kind of the, 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 way it, the way it goes. And, and I think that's a, a positive sign. And a fair play to the board, who are always continuing to back yeah. Steve King and everything they do.
4: Yeah, again... I mean, you probably, if you're the, you're the chairman of the, Dave Skinner, probably think every now and again, Steve knocks on your door, I've got another player going in, but they're backing him um, to get promotion. It'll all be worth it if they're playing National League football next season. So um, if you're in this position, you've probably got to go for it. Um, they've still got a chance.
0: Yes, elsewhere on Saturdays, Matt said Ebb Street did win. They won 2-0 uh, at Bath. Welling had a topsy-turvy game down at Billericay. They ended up as I said last week, could not afford to lose that game, they didn't, they drew 2-2 so they've kept the gap between them and Billericke uh, at the foot of the table Thomas James had a disappointing day uh, on Saturday, beating 5-0 at Oxford City but that doesn't really tell the whole story because Jonathan Henley, the goalkeeper, was sent off in the 14th minute, uh, so they had to play with 10 minutes and an outfield player, 10 men and an outfield player in goal for the rest of the game. I believe the first two goals were both identical free kicks as well. So, uh, you know, that, that's that's a chastening one for Tunbridge Angels. But you can't be too downhearted if you're Steve McKim uh, with that. It's going to happen uh, when you lose a man like interesting that.
4: interesting to see now if his um, son will play in goal. Because his son is the reserve goalkeeper, isn't it?
0: Yeah, well, we'll have to see, or if they've managed to, if they decide to bring someone in on loan. Uh, but we shall see. We'll keep an eye uh, on that one over the weekend. Uh, this weekend, Dartford travel to Chippenham in the league. Ebbsfleet United at home to Oxford City, who obviously had that five-nil win. Uh, Slough against Maidstone. Tunbridge Angels at home to Braintree, to another side in and around them and Welling against Bath as well, so more sides uh, near the foot of the table. Loads of games in that division on Tuesday night as well. Uh, Ebbsfleet go to Braintree, Tunbridge Angels go to Concord, Dartford are at home to Chelmsford, Welling travel to Hampton and Richmond, and Maidstone are at home to Dulwich Hamlet. So uh, this is this could be a big week uh, for, for our teams in that division. Dorking uh, are at home to Hamilton on Saturday, then they've got a tricky little game down at Eastbourne on Tuesday night. This time next week, Matt, when we're talking on this show, the top of that division could look very, very different, couldn't it?
4: Yeah, there will be a point that you think it's going to be. Oh, you know, we're nearly, you know, fifteenth coming to the end of middle of March. There will be a point you think that some of the sides are going to go through and move away. Yeah, you've got to keep, got to keep, keep your ball, keep yeah, not keep your balls, but you've got to keep the
0: eye on the ball.
4: The eye on the ball. That's the rep. Keep on the eye on the ball. Don't worry about everybody else. The fans will worry about that. You worry about what position you've got, what you can do.
0: Genuinely dread to think what you were going for there with no, no. your balls no. on the something. I, I don't want to know. Please don't no. tell me. I don't want to have to start putting explicit on the podcast. Sorry One thing I got to say, John England
4: Sea International, right? Have you seen oh, this? I've seen the squad, yeah. What is, the, if I was a Stockport, why, why, it used to be the under 23, so you give people a go blah, 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 and they just named half of Stockport. Why, surely, if you're a Stockport fan, you don't give a monkey's back to the England Sea team. You don't want half your team going off injured. When they're playing against the League of Wales team, it's just a complete farce when at the end of playing this fixture at the end of the season when it's very, very tight at the top. And I'm sure after players are just going to withdraw. Um, very nice to represent your country, but it's England C, for goodness sake. And, and everybody's getting really excited about it, but I just can't see it. Can
0: you? No, I can't. And obviously, the, the thing is, is that there doesn't seem to be any other games that midweek. So they've obviously just picked people. To, to kind of avoid travelling, so you kind of feel a bit sorry for Michael Cheek, the only Kent representative in that, uh, who's, who's got to go out there. I mean, they could have just left after Dover squad there. You, you're in Wales on Saturday the 26th, but I just think, it yeah, it's it, it's not what you want, is it? And you know, Stockport, as you say, they're they're pushing for the for, for the title and and trying to do everything they can, and and in the middle it, at that time of the season, it's it, it's far from ideal. And I don't really, un- yeah, I don't understand. the the big excitement about it. And especially, I don't understand why there's such a concentration of, of players from just a few clubs. And and I'll tell you the, the one, the one pick in that squad that's really annoyed me is Scott Loach, who is a fantastic goalkeeper. He's been around a long time, but he's played under 21 international football. You know, for me, part of the, of the, the big point of this is, is so these players can say, well, I've represented my country. He's done it. Well, why does he need to do it at, at this level? I don't. I don't understand. Paul Mullin's in it, and
4: he costs. You know, Mullin's on seven grand a week. Surely, <laughs> you know, they don't want him breaking his leg against Wales. Against, it just <laughs> doesn't make a- any sense to me at all. And, and surely, I take it the FA are paying for all this. Again, I don't know how much this costs over a certain amount of time. Surely, give it to grassroots football because it's, is. A complete waste of time, and and I'm not saying it could have named half the Dover team in it. I'd still think the same. It's not something. 25 years ago, maybe it means meant something when the players were part time and they were doing this. But you know, I just I just you know, it's, it's, yeah. Certain people are getting all excited, and I really hope that there's no injuries in this, because then everybody it really would kick off in this thing. Just a complete waste of time. <laughs> yeah I, I just bemused by it well, even the non-league papers seemed to be excited about it but yeah it just annoys me a bit
0: yes, let's just when the players to...
4: were part-times it meant something that kind of thing you played, when you're a, a full-time footballer
0: go... yeah it doesn't mean as much I, I, I completely that's, understand that
4: that's the only thing that's annoyed me a bit really apart from, apart from 90 minutes
0: on Saturday yes let's just quickly cross over to, to me tomorrow for the results from Tuesday night's games Yes, we'll start by looking at the National League South. It was just the one game uh, that mattered to us and it was a good one for Maidstone United who moved level on points with Dorking at the top of the table after a 1-0 win over Braintree. Maidstone's form continuing uh, a pace at the top of the table. Fantastic result for them. Just the one game uh, in the Eastman League South East as well. It was at East Grinstead and it was a good night for Ashford. Four nil winners uh, for them. Two goals in either half for Tommy Warlow's side. Uh, looking pretty good for them at the moment. They were already up to second place before that game, but they've cemented themselves in second spot. Is there a chance they can catch Hastings? Only time will tell. A velocity trophy we were talking about. Both Margate and and victor made it into the semi-finals. Gate 4-1 winners over Carshorton Athletic, while Folkestone had to come from behind to beat Barking by two goals to one. Uh, in the Kent Senior Cup, it was the end of the line for Dover. Uh, beaten 1-0 by that goal we were discussing uh, for Dartford in that game, uh, which means Dartford will face Margate in the last eight. And in the Southern Counties East League, uh, disappointment for Glebe. We said earlier on, not long ago, they've just got to keep on winning and hope that something turns around for them. Well, they didn't win one of their games in hand uh, against town uh, A 1-1 draw at Foxbury Avenue. Jamie Philpott come, scoring the equaliser uh, for Glebe. In that game after they fell behind to Jal Carlos's goal. And there was late drama as well as Welling were reduced to 10 men. The goalkeeper was sent off. And from the resulting free kick, Vinny Murphy defended, gone in goal. And made an absolutely fantastic save. Pushing it away uh, one-handed to, to preserve a, a point for his side. But it does mean that it's looking a bit tighter for Glebe uh, at the top of the table there. Uh, to try and overcome the top two. Uh, Punjab United also in action on Tuesday night. 2-1 winners over Lordswood. Again, we discussed Lordswood and how they were looking to keep the men- momentum going from their win at the weekend. Where they weren't able to do that. Uh, two goals from Aaron Suman giving Punjab United the points there. Uh, Challenge Cup quarter final as well. Sheppard United were 2 0 down to deal uh, inside 10 minutes, but they hit back to win 4 2 and make it through to the semi finals. Uh, one game in the first division. Uh, one of those that we don't like to talk about on this programme because it finished Tutingbeck 0 Meridian VP nil. That's it for Tuesday night's results. Back over to me and Matt now. Blimey, that was a good score it was but unbelievable who'd have thought it yeah. uh and yeah. we'll obviously just wrap up with a, a bit of non-football chat and obviously both of us uh really shocked and saddened by the news on friday the passing of of, of shane Warren, which was one of those ones that was a real gut punch wasn't it i, I, I just can't believe it Matt. i still can't believe it um it was yeah i thought I, I mentioned probably a couple of people
4: um a couple of weeks ago that i'd watched this documentary on amazon um and I really enjoyed it. And Shane Warne and Usain Bolt are my sporting heroes. Um, and seeing Shane Warne, I was when, when I got the text, I was absolutely heartbroken because he's an absolute legend of the game um, and did so much for it. And at 52, um, yeah, I was shocked, and you know, I even shed a tear a little bit on Friday when I was watching the, the, the tributes to him because what a cricketer and what a man, and you know. I've never met him, i never seen him play live, but he meant a lot to me. So, um,
0: yeah, absolutely heartbroken I was. Yeah, I've actually seen him a couple of times. I'm sure I've seen him play for Australia. Uh, I've seen a couple of Ashes days uh, up at Lords and bits and pieces. But when I was at university in our second year, um, back in the glory days when they used to play the, uh, I think it was then called the Cheltenham and Gloucester, but to me it'll always be the NatWest Trophy. Uh, where it was the, the minor counties against the against a, a proper county um, and in 2004 Hampshire were drawn to play against Cheshire away and uh, the game was played at Alderley Edge Cricket Club and there was a few lads that I was friends with at uni are all big cricket fans and we said oh come on let's go so we got in my car and we drove across to Alderley Edge we parked up uh, walked up to the ground and, and, and watched the game and we were. I've been obviously reminiscing a lot about it this week. Warren batted himself at three. He was the captain of Hampshire at the time. Uh, batted himself at three, scored one, uh, and then came on and bowled. Uh, didn't bowl, you know. Didn't bowl like the Shane Warner took seven hundred eight Test wickets, um, but he did bowl towards the end. And a lad from Cheshire, I think he must have been about the number seven or number eight, put him back over his head for six, and the bloke celebrated like he just won the Ashes. Uh, and then after the game, you know, there was loads of people swarming round. Uh, Shane Warne, and he and he signed as many autographs as he could, and had pictures with people, and, and you know all the tributes that you've seen this week, I, I think they're all just sum up my sort of experiences of of seeing him, uh, you know that everyone sort of gravitated to him, and he was a real cricket man, uh, and it was uh, you know really really sad, as you say, just just devastating news when when I saw it on Friday, I, just, I was just sat there and I was just scrolling on Twitter, I was watching something else on the telly, and, and I saw someone mention it, and I was just like well, that can't be true. And then you just start looking into it even more. And it, oh, just, yeah, just absolutely gutted. And to be honest, Australian news hasn't been good f- for the last couple of weeks because Neighbours has gone as well, you know. That's... I've you know,
4: I've sent you those pictures when I've been to Ramsey Street. I know.
0: So... Yeah, we talked about it on this show. We've both yeah, been exactly, to Ramsey, yeah, Street.
4: People, yeah, both Ramsey Street.
0: Yeah, both been to Ramsey Street.
4: Yeah, I don't know anybody. Well, I'm hoping... watch it. I'll... Have you watched it? You don't watch it still, do you? Yeah, I still watch it, yeah. But one thing I will say... Um, if, if neighbours can go surely Eastenders can go
0: well you'd think so wouldn't you but i mean a lot of people saying channel five are to blame for this but i don't think they are because why should it be channel five's responsibility to pay for an australian tv program it should be the, the australian network have got the blood on their hands with this as far as i'm concerned you know that they shunted the program uh to, to their like their equivalent of itv2 then they um they've only been showing it for four days a week the uk broadcast is actually now in front of australia believe it or not because they yeah. only show it four days a week and we show it five what, that. what so, about, no, what's what's about six days in what, front of them what's stephan dennis gonna do now though that's what i'm worried about well exactly and, and toadfish your, your mate yeah yeah oh, it's, it's shocking yes
4: yeah, it's, yes yeah, it's, yeah sad times, sad times but you know move on hopefully east will be the next one
0: yeah. Well, the thing is, I don't, I don't want anything to end because you know if people enjoy it, then it's sh- then it's fine. You know, unless it's like illegal. I, I don't see, I, and I hate all these people who go on social media and things like when it's like confirmed neighbors has come to an end. Good. I've not watched it since nineteen ninety. Well, d- did anyone ask for your opinion? Does anyone care about your opinion? Just because you don't like something, you don't watch it, doesn't mean that it should be taken away for everybody. And, and I get, that's one of my biggest bugbears about social media is people just just want to be spiteful about things like, you know, I don't watch Peaky Blinders. I don't, I didn't watch Game of Thrones, but I know people enjoy those programs. I wouldn't dream of saying, Oh, I'm glad that's finishing because I'm not like that sort of person. And I just don't, I just don't get why people, can be so unpleasant. Anyway, talking to social media, you can find us on Twitter at KentNL Podcast, and you can find us on Facebook as well if you search for Kent nonny Podcast. Uh, I'm at phipps 81 Matt is at Matthew underscore Gerard. Uh, you can find that, that those are both Twitter handles, of course. Uh, and if you've got anything you want to say about what's going on at your club, anyone we should be talking to, then just please get in touch with us on social media. We would love to hear from you. Thanks to all three of our guests. Uh, for their time this week. We really, really appreciate it. Uh, And thank you, everybody, for listening. And we'll speak to you all next week on the Kent Only Podcast when, I promise you, Matt is going to stay up past his bedtime to record it. We
4: finished. We finished.